Hey everybody, Pierre Quinn here. You're listening to episode 142 of the Leading Wild Grain podcast, where my mission is to help you live, learn, and lead with confidence. On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by A. Donahue Baker, who is the co-founder and president of Money Ave. Donahue's specialty is in helping clients create generational wealth through real estate acquisitions and entrepreneurial investment opportunities. Now, before we jump into that conversation with Donahue, I want to thank you so much for supporting the Leading Wild Green podcast. You listen to it, you share it on social media, you've rated it, you've reviewed it, you've shared the message of what it takes to be an effective leader, and you've partnered with us on this journey. And I want to thank you so much. Now, if you haven't done any of those things, I want to encourage you to hop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, rate it, review it, share it on social media. Let other people know about the good stuff that we're sharing here on the Leading While Green podcast. Now, this podcast episode is brought to you by the Four Nights to Clarity Leadership Course. You can find that at prcquin.com slash clarity. That's prcquin.com slash clarity. I created the Four Nights to Clarity course for leaders like you and me who sometimes stay up late trying to figure out what to do next. We're scrolling through our timelines. We're scouring YouTube, we're looking for a section of a book to give us some guidance and direction. And the Four Nights to Clarity course is designed easel pad style to help you gain greater courage and clarity as you lead in 2021. So you want to check that out at prcquin.com slash clarity. My guest on this episode of the podcast is A. Donahue Baker. Donahue is a CPA. He's a former Grammy-nominated music producer And he's a current real estate developer with a personal portfolio that includes over 500 units of residential and commercial properties nationwide. He recently co-founded a $10 million angel syndicate VC fund that was designed with the sole purpose of helping minorities create wealth and have access to capital. The fund accomplishes this by investing in entrepreneurs that need expansion or startup capital as well as funding for financial individuals that want to invest in real estate to build wealth. Here's my featured conversation with A. Donahue Baker. I'm excited to be joined on this episode of the Leading Wild Green podcast by A. Donahue Baker. Mr. Baker, thanks for being my guest today. Thank you. Really happy to be here, Pierre. This is a, a definitely a great opportunity and looking forward to this. So, is man, is, is it okay if I if I put you in the category of a renaissance man? Because it's a lot uh, of different <laughs> circles that you play in, not just playing that you're proficient in, man. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is it's the life journey, and I think everyone has different, you know, interests, passions, and I've been blessed to to really just go through different phases of life and, and uh, have a little success at, at pretty much a lot of things that I've touched on. Uh, sp- speaking of success, you were recently featured in Inc. Magazine's six fastest growing black companies. And what was that experience like? Oh, it's great. I mean, you know, we started a bank. That's really it. So um, we've really, in the face of COVID, we've, gained 40,000 customers in a, in a short period of time where many businesses were not even doing business, where many businesses were closed. We've been really blessed in, in that space to just be fortunate to uh, be in a marketplace and, and allow us to grow and 
2021 is looking more exciting than ever. Listen, when you said we started a bank, I have um, like the I'm thinking like Samuel L. Jackson in the movie, The Banker. The Banker, yes. Yeah. the only framework <laughs> I have. I mean, yeah. and you say it, man, just really so nonchalantly. For those of us who have absolutely no clue, and there's a lot of emerging professionals, early career pro- professionals who are listening to this podcast, and they're like, what, what do you mean you started a bank? Like, how, did, yeah. how does that happen? Sort of break that down for us. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned the movie The Banker because it, it really started... Uh, before then, like I've been following Joe Morris, his career, and the whole thing was if he was able to do it in a time where there were Jim Crow laws mm. existing, there was no possible reason why we couldn't do it in this day and age, in this time. So one of the things that I've, along my journey, I've been superly involved in real estate. I think real estate is one of the pathways to creating generational wealth. Mm. And uh, the bank has always been in the center of that. The bank has always been the, the player, one of the key players in every single deal. So my rationale was if I can be the bank, I can be a, a gateway, a pathway for others to build wealth. So when I set out a couple years ago, I really started this journey and, and uh, invested my own money and my co-founder's money as well to build this bank. And we, we did it together. We put in our own money and basically built it to the point it is right now where we have a bank that you can make uh, deposits, FDIC insured deposits. In our bank, we're doing some unique things. We have a super fast loan that you can get a loan in as little as three hours, anywhere from 500 all the way up to $10,000. The purpose of that is really targeting payday lenders in our community. Um, another great feature about our bank is we don't charge any fees, right? So the customer, the banking experience is is free for, for, for intents and purposes. And just to put that in perspective, yeah. all the major banks, right? TD Bank, Chase, uh, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, wow. Citigroup, those banks make between a billion dollars and $1.5 billion every single month. We don't charge any fees. What we want to do is disrupt that process to give that money back to the people. And that's what we hope to do. And I know a lot of people who in their in their banking transactions, you know, struggle with those fees. Those fees are what you know, make or break people. So, man, I really I really want to celebrate what you and your team are doing to really fly in the face and eradicate some of those challenges uh, that people are, are dealing with. I want to back up because we you know, we're heavy into the banking conversation. Let's. Right. Let's take it back. Uh, <laughs> give, give me a look. I'm hearing, you know, I'm I'm a northern guy. I'm from Michigan. So okay. interested okay. in the different, really just tonal qualities and the voices of the people that I talk to. So I'm hearing um like New York, New Jersey type of on your voice. So give me some <laughs> clarification on that. Definitely grew up in New Jersey, lived in a couple different places, uh uh, oh, you know, in the States, I lived in Atlanta and then I lived in uh, Aurora, Colorado. Uh, but for the most part, most of my life is spent in Jersey. And uh, and that's what you're hearing. I, and, and the way that New Jersey is, and it's really a shame, the state is split up into two. So if you're northern Jersey, you're closer to New York, which I was northern Jersey. And southern Jersey is kind of closer to Philly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the <laughs> that's the dichotomy of the state. But um 
right now, uh, that's what you're hearing. It's is that there, New York, New Jersey accent. Is there any beef between Northern Jersey and Southern Jersey? Uh, you know, for me, no, I don't think so. It's just that it's different, right? So one is like New York City all the way in Florence, and then the other is, is more Philly. But uh, to me, I look at the similarities of it and, <clears throat> you know, it, it uh, just focusing on that, it's it's – it's just a state that is kind of like doesn't have its own kind of like unique identity, you know, outside of of because of because it's kind of split too. So what were some elements of that experience that you leveraged when you went to to undergrad and grad school? Yeah, so that that's a really good question. One of the things that I that I learned growing up, growing up in New Jersey was that uh, the ability to basically mixed with different classes of people. So I grew up in affordable housing, but I grew up in also Bergen County. At the time I grew up, Bergen County was one of the wealthiest counties in the country. Mm. So it surrounded uh, the city that I, I grew up in was Inglewood, but Inglewood Cliffs was, you know, had like home to uh, Eddie Murphy lives there, uh, Brooke Shields. Uh, we had an ex-president that lived there. We had uh, the... The uh, Yasser Arafat had a home there. I mean, it was it was a lot of wealth there. So I was able to be around wealth, see it, somewhat feel the effects of how they lived differently. Um, so I would, you know, as a as a teenager, we would go to Eddie Murphy's house and he would just let us come into his house. It was a mansion. So he had a whole room of uh, it was literally a, a, a room the size of a living room, but it was a refrigerator and had like sodas in it. And it was just, just to see and be close to that amount of wealth, it really was an aspirational uh, goal, you know? And, I, and, and it allowed me the wherewithal to kind of understand how wealth is not only created, but the different levels of society. Yeah, there was, there was a, a, a posting I saw on social media I can't even remember because we consume so much social media, but it said basically if you can learn as a kid, if you can learn to play spades, talk, bid whist, dominoes, uh, then you can learn, you know, financial language and stocks and, and, and bonds and trading because it's all a matter of, of exposure. Can you demystify some of that for us? Because some people are thinking, man, you, you mentioned banking, you mentioned real estate, you mentioned, you know, wealth generation. Some people think, man, that's such a foreign language or foreign concept. I could never become proficient or even learn the basics of that. Can you demystify some of that for us? Yeah, financial literacy is so important. It's so important to understand the language of money. So basically, and that's one of the tenets of our bank. That's really what we, we try to basically give people an opportunity to improve their financial literacy, and we all can do it. Mm -hmm. But coming into, the analogy that I give is, is coming into where, where I was in my life at 15, 16 years old, teenager, had no clue. Like I said, grew up in affordable housing, had no clue about banking, no clue about credit, no clue about how entrepreneurs can get money to build wealth. So when I turned 18, I went away to college. I went to Georgetown University. And what happened is at Georgetown, 18 years old, you get flooded. I got flooded with credit cards, yeah. right? And I had all these credit cards and 
I did I had no clue. I didn't understand it, right? I didn't really understand the system. I didn't have a job, spent way more than I should have, took my friends out to dinner. You know, I was just because I'm generous, so I was just giving away, yeah. you know, just spending willy-nilly. And when the bill came due, you know, I, I had some dings on my credit, you know, and I and I it took me a couple years to recuperate and get back on my feet. And because I made those mistakes when I graduated, you know, I graduated college with some a uh, little bit of debt, but also uh, I had some some late pays and, and things like that. That affected my ability to purchase real estate. That kind of delayed me. That stunted me. So really what we're trying to focus on today is improving the financial literacy of our young people. So at the bank, we have these accounts. They're called generational accounts. So if you're a teenager, you can open an account. You can also get a credit card. You can also understand, because we have um, educational tools, you can understand how banking works. You can understand how credit works. You can understand how important credit is to further further things you want to do in life, such as starting a business and getting access to capital. All of this is financial literacy, and we want our young people to have it before they turn 18 so that they can get a head start in life, right? And that's really the key. You get a head start when you turn 18. By the, you know, by the time you don't have to spend your 20s inundated with debt. So we help people along the way improve their financial literacy, make better financial decisions through budgeting, through um, real estate, which is a key pathway. One of the things that, that we believe in is living the rent-free lifestyle. And if you're between the ages of 20 and 23, we want your first purchase to be a rental income property. Live in one side, rent out the other. Uh, house hacking is a lot of people call it that. But these are things that if you do early, when your expenses are really low, they really accelerate your wealth, right? And later on in life, because if you have this income that's coming in month in, month out, you're not tied to a job. You're not forced to do something that you don't want to do. And, you know, when you're 20 and 30, you're giving away prime, prime years. If, if, you, if you really have that entrepreneurial spirit, I want to basically be a platform in our bank to be a platform for entrepreneurs that are looking to start businesses, create opportunities. And, and it's really what we do, particularly in the black community. Right. So yeah. in the black community, the number one employer of black people outside of the federal government are black entrepreneurs. So one of the things that we do is we have a program. We give every LLC $50,000 to start a business and prove a concept, right? So we give them $50,000 in business credit. So we, we expect them to use that business credit to prove the concept of their business so that we can create more entrepreneurs and, and other people that can build platforms to create more jobs for our community. <sighs> Man, already just early on in the conversation, you're dropping so much insight. And I know based on our conversation, so many people are going to going to to uh, want to reach out to you. That's why, you know, we put certain information at the end of the podcast, folks. So you got to hang on to the end of our conversation uh, to get some more of, of the good nuggets. Uh, I want to ask you, man, did, now these some of the principles that you've just shared, were you were you leveraging those in grad school or did it take? A while for you because I know you did your MBA. Did it take a while for you to put these things into play in order for you to maximize? Had you started the investment process during the MBA 
or what point in your journey did you say, hey, there's a totally different way to look at uh, financial literacy in, in my own personal financial portfolio? Yeah, it wasn't until I left school because it, it was um, I thought the pathway was really to get a job. You know, I thought the pathway was to learn. But one thing that I learned about that, it, it was when I worked for a wealth management company, a, a family office. Mm-hmm. It was really that process, that period in my life where <clears throat> I realized there was a system. There was commonality between people that got wealth really quick and, and sustained it. And I was trying to find that thread, that commonality. And one thing I realized is people that make wealth in a short period of time, they do it one of two ways. And it's through, and I'm talking about generational wealth. Mm -hmm. They do it through real estate or they do it through creating a business, right? Mm -hmm. Starting a business and, 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 and growing it. And I know a bunch of people that have started businesses, either sold them for millions and millions of dollars. Um, and then they done it again, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. it's kind of like they get a team together, start a business, build it up, sell it, do it again in a completely different industry, you know? So I've seen that over, over about maybe a 15 year stretch. And I, 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 the commonality goes, if you're, follow, if you're following the real estate path, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, what I've seen people do is buy real estate that is income producing, right? Income not wholesaling, not flipping, not you know anything like that. Just buying income-producing assets that pay you. Hold on to them, and and constantly, you know, over, gradually you'll get it. It took me about twelve years, but gradually you'll become a multimillionaire. I've seen that. I've walked that path myself. But it's either that way or starting a business. If you have friends, if you have a natural talent, passion, something that you can do that gives you a competitive advantage in the market and you can create a business out of that, all it takes is about $50,000 to prove the concept of that business. And there's lots of money out there that will invest in you once you've proven your concept and help you scale. Uh, I I read an adage uh, not too long ago that said that wealthy people build networks everyone else just works. And I know some of the challenges, especially in minority communities, is this idea that you got to do it by yourself. You can't trust anybody else. The only people that you can talk to about an idea or a concept is, you know, your family unit, and they might not have the resources or support. How important has, you know, building a network, a system of collaborators or peers been to, to your journey to success that you've been on? Totally, totally important. Um, my dad used to say all the time, no man is an island. So that thinking of, yeah, I can do it myself and you know, I'm just going to rely on myself is fallacy, right? People that go that route fail. Whatever you're going to do in life, you're going to need other people. The people around you affect you so many different ways. So I tell people, it starts with mindset, but the key to mindset is really being around people that you can learn from and improve your mindset and your ability to do things. So if I'm hanging around with five people that are talented, that have resources that I don't have, guess what? Collectively together, we're stronger than the individual pieces. Yeah. So it's so important that you build a network 
that can help you to get to the level that you're that you're at. Now, what I do with with um, so I have a, a I'm also a professor at Morehouse. I teach a class called Entrepreneurship and Black Wealth. One of the things that I that I tell my students is real estate, entrepreneurship, business, it's a team sport. Your team basically is gonna be the the, the paradigm from which you're gonna be judged. It's gonna control how well you can execute, how fast you can move and create the velocity of money, how fast you can really grab market share, all determined by your team. And if you put together the best possible team, you obviously increase your chances for success. So can't stress that enough for anyone out there. You know, you're looking to build a team. I'm always looking for talent too. So if I see someone that executes or someone that has a skill set that's not already in my team, I want to work with them. I'm always looking to co- collaborate. Um, one of the things, one of the reasons why I started a bank is because there's so many different industries and uh, things that are popping up with the with technology. You know, it's. I feel in the next maybe five to ten years, we're gonna have a teenage billionaire. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a teenager that's gonna basically have an idea that is so sticky and using either social media or some other technology that, that may be on the horizon or not, is going to use that to really create a tremendous amount of wealth and possibly even start a new industry. I see that happening in the future because the ingredients are right there. Somebody just has to put it together. Man, yeah, teenage, definitely going to be a teenage billionaire. Man, it's especially how things are moving so fast Mm-hmm. right now. And there are some people who are, who are listening now and they're saying, okay, okay, Baker, I hear what you're saying, but I am past teenage years. You're talking about these opportunities for a, a younger generation. How in my age, maybe, maybe the person is in their 30s or maybe even 40s and they're saying, okay, it's a new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made some mistakes. I, you know, I messed up my credit, some challenges in, in my job history, all of those things, maybe even challenges in my personal life. How can a person like me recognize or even find opportunities to, to grow in, in the spaces where I'm at? Well, the first thing you have to think about is generational wealth. Like, I think that, you know, whatever opportunities you think of, we have to, as People that, you know, when I, when I say that, it's really our community. It's, it's really the people that don't, that weren't born with the silver spoon in their mouth, right? It's yeah. how, do you, how do you scale up? One of the things that we have to do is we have to commit to empowering the next generation. We have to make that sacrifice. That should be in everyone's fiber, fiber right? So what I would like to do is just is, is help people to get to that point where you say, all right, generational wealth is important and there's things that we have to do. Number one, we have to take on an entrepreneurial mind state, right? What I mean by that is that if you look at the the great wealth that's been created, all the the legacy families, the Carnegie's, the Kennedy's, the Rockefeller, um, you know, it, it really got started by one either matriarch or patriarch just making the decision to say, I'm gonna create a system that's gonna pass down from me to my children or whatever, you know, and think about that consciously. It's, it's really just a choice. Now, I'm going to show you how I did it for my family, but we could do it just by making a choice to have life insurance, <laughs> you know, simple as that. 
Yeah. Like we don't have life insurance in our community. And and through COVID, the 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 policies have been rising, the sales of life insurance policy. But still in our community, we, we don't have life insurance. That predominant majority don't have life insurance. So for my family, what I do is I I have a policy where the oldest person in the family has a $2 million life insurance policy. The siblings, family below it, support the premiums that need to be paid. We all know that death will come at some point in time. Wow. So when that happens, it simply, we have that money, put that back into the family, premiums get paid out of the benefit, out of the benefit, out of the death benefit, and we recycle it. Now, that is just a pathway to generational wealth. Another pathway that I've used also in my family is I have a three-year-old son right now. When he was two, I set up a trust. And through the trust, I purchased a six-unit apartment complex for him in Newark, New Jersey. Now, that six-unit apartment complex is going to do two things for him. The first is going to pay for his college education if he chooses to go to college, right? right. Uh, then the second is it's going to provide an income where he can have that income for the rest of his life. All he has to do is maintain that apartment building. And he's not forced to take a job that you know he doesn't like or is outside of his God-given talents. It gives him options. And this is how the wealthy think. And this is what we need to do. We need to constantly be thinking about financial literacy, generational wealth. How do we pass? How do we... Because you can't take your job to your, your deathbed, right? Mm. You can't you can't will your job. So you, you have to think beyond the job. You have to understand your worth and how could you create these systems that will live and surpass you you, you know, and it takes sacrifice. Man, you free game. Like you're giving <laughs> free game uh in in just the two things that you shared uh as it relates to the, the life insurance policy and then establishing a trust. Uh, for for your son, well, what do you feel like is are some of the biggest inhibitors? Say we're a family, and say we're say, we say okay, let's kind of talk through some of our financial challenges. Um, what do you, what do you think makes people say oh, I don't want to have that conversation or yeah, kind of push I, back away from yeah that that, think, that mindset? I think it's a lack of financial literacy, right? Because in Predominantly in white families, they have this discussion, right? The, the analogy that I give is, is Donald Trump. Like with Donald Trump, Donald Trump has a, has a son named Barron, right? His last son is named Barron. Mm-hmm. Understand what the meaning of Barron means, right? <laughs> Barron, you look it up in the Webster's Dictionary, is someone really like an aristocrat that owns land, right? It's a real estate connotation going on there. That is the mentality, right? If, he, if somebody names their son a baron, like mm. think about the psychology <laughs> that goes into that. Names are important. Yeah. So, you know, this is what you're up against because if you don't have that mentality, what happens is you become a tool to the system. And said it in your opening quote, it's kind of like you have to understand the game and you have to know who the players are and you need to, you're either going to be getting played or you're going to be doing the play. I mean, that's, that's basically what's, what's happening. And if you allow others to 
craft your future. They're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna have your best interests at heart. If you allow a company, a 401k or a pension plan to determine how you're gonna live uh, in retirement for the rest of your life, yeah. you're gonna be disappointed because they're, they're making decisions strictly from a corporate perspective mm -hmm. that doesn't take into account your family perspective. So that's why I'm trying to tell people that the opportunity is there for all of us to be entrepreneurs. I see the economy going in such a way that lots of new entrepreneurs will be created. I mean, it's very easy to make $100,000 uh, just from home these days. In fact, one of the system's partners that's, that's partnered with our bank has a program with no college education, they can train you in three months and guarantee you a $100,000 a year salary. Wow. That is unheard of. Yeah. This is the opportunity that's in front of us right now, right? It's really tapping into those opportunities, not living, you know, in poverty. Like, you, poverty should not exist. Mm. To me, poverty is just the existence of lack of creativity. Like, when there's lack of creativity, is poverty. But if you're a creative person, if you're a creator, you're going to figure out how to create because that's what creators do. And that in and of itself is how people can get out of poverty. And there's a way for all of us to do it. So I want to push back just a little bit because you, I know you have stories and the circles that you hang out in of people who have been super creative. And they are geniuses. They are gifted. They are talented. And they have this maybe false notion that I can survive just off of my talent, my gift. Mm -hmm. Can you can you give us one of those, man, kind of one of those sad stories? You don't have to give us necessarily the person's name, but a sad yeah. story where a person was you know, super gifted, super talented, super smart, but they did not lean into maybe the financial literacy or some of these uh, financial principles that you've been sharing and it, mm -hmm. and and they had a supreme downfall even though they had all the talent in the world yeah I, I go through it all the time one of the uh the the things is when i used to practice as a cpa mm -hmm. i went i had clients that were in the entertainment industry right because i started in the entertainment industry so i had a uh, an affinity to people that did music I, i'm actually a grammy nominated music producer and First of my, all, my, hold on, hold yeah. on. You slid that in too smooth, man. <laughs> this is why I said Renaissance man at the beginning of, of our conversation. Uh, yeah, so we'll get we'll come back to that, but yeah, yeah. I'll let you slide that in. Yeah, so one of the things, and, and music is a perfect depiction of the real world, right? So mm -hmm. you have these creative, brilliant people that, that are talented, passionate, all of it, but it's kind of like the left brain, right brain. Mm -hmm. So I was surrounded by people that made a lot of money or maybe had a hit, but then, you know, they, they didn't do the right things with their money instead of buying. And this is, this is just a direct representation of poor financial literacy. Mm -hmm. It is, it is going out buying a, a, a rope chain or a, a piece of jewelry um, when you could own and you don't own a house or, you know, it's going out buying a, a, $200,000 car when you don't own a house that if you did it the right way, you could buy the house or the, the real estate and the real estate would pay for the car. 
Mm. You know, things like that. It is just understanding the importance of financial literacy and the definition of an asset and a liability. An asset will pay you. Owning an asset will pay you. The wealthy use assets to pay for liability, liabilities, right? That's that right. is, if you follow that approach, you, you you will always come out ahead. It will it would improve your net worth. So that's really one of the key kind of like financial literacy 101, understanding the difference between an asset and a liability, and then understanding how to live the life you want through assets, right? We purchased our business. We, we can purchase businesses. You can purchase real estate. Anyone can do that, right? It's really just understanding there's an order to it. That's why we have, you know, at the bank, we want the young adults to make their first purchase a multifamily because that's when your expenses are lower. Uh, if your expenses are $2,000 a month when you're 20, 22 years old and through house hacking, you can get that, you know, you 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 basically have guaranteed yourself not being homeless for the rest of your life. And if you do that, you're able to live better than 70% of Americans, you know, just by owning a home and it's multifamily and it's, it's bringing you money every single month. Man. So, so, so much insight you're sharing on this conversation. I know we're, we're, they're listening to this early in 2021. So I hope you've been taking down a lot of notes kind of reset your perspective on how you're 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 living and leading out your 2021. Man, I got to ask you about the producer piece R- real quick, man, before we run out of time in our conversation. And what's the level of collaboration? And you've been talking the language of collaboration and partnerships and, and community all through our podcast conversation. What's the level of collaboration and and resourcefulness that goes into producing, first of all, because I know nothing about producing, and then to get to the level of, of a, a Grammy-nominated producer? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all collaboration. Really, it's all collaboration. So I worked with uh, two other uh, partners, really, in my production company, uh, Hakeem Young and Jermaine Mobley, two other great producers themselves. And it's really collaborative. It was our collective effort that built this company. We got a uh, production deal with Sony. We had our own imprint on Sony and we had a whole pipeline of artists that we, that that were really, we worked with, you know, one of them, uh, probably the most famous that really got us nominated for the Grammys, Music Soul Child. Don't know if you heard of Music Soul Child. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, so I produced on, on his project, um, and uh, and we got nominated for a Grammy with his, but we also discovered A. Marie. I don't know if okay. you, uh, yeah. A. Marie was was one of them. And then through the years, you know, we we worked with a number of different artists, but collaboration in everything. And and I said it before, no man is an island. So you're always going to need your team. You're always going to need people around you that can bring your talents to the next level. Even the most creative person. Think about it. You need a business person. If you're if you're super creative, it's even more important to have a solid business person. And that's why right now with the bank, we want to be that partner for everyone. If you're a creative, if you're an entrepreneur, we want to show you how to build generational wealth, what you need to focus on, how to understand the language of money, the flow, how to set your entity up so that you can get pre-seed funding. Right. We have the angel syndicate fund. 
we have over $10 million that we're looking to invest in startups, early stage startups, right? We would invest money into you to help you scale. This is how we create more entrepreneurs. This is what we do at Money Avenue, you know, and that's why we're reaching out to, to the, just, we're not advertising, it's people such as yourself that's gonna share this message and, and help us uh, kind of like get that message out to our community. Yeah, let's, let's make it like super practical and peel back step-by-step step for people. So I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm so interested in what you're saying and I'm hearing that there are financial opportunities if we work together, work with your bank. Before I, I you know, go on the website and schedule an appointment or reach out to you via email, what are some things that maybe I want to have in mind? Maybe I want to have written down. Maybe I even want to collect a, a, a digital document of so that when I'm having this conversation with you or your team, uh, there's less fumbling, less hesitation. I got more clarity because I've done some, a little bit of pre-work uh, before the conversation. And we're going to put the links in the show notes so that you can actually make that appointment. But what are some of the things that we need to do as it relates to pre-work? Absolutely. So the pre-work is this, right? We have, and, and this is what makes us unique. This is our secret sauce. So we have a six-step process to bring value to people, to allow them to create generational wealth. And it starts like this. At each individual level, you focus on one thing. I'm going to bring you through the six steps. Mm-hmm. Level number one, the first thing that you're going to focus on is opening a bank account. You can go to bankmoneyapps.com. Right. You can sign up for a bank account. What we do at level one is just focus on being we call them thousandaires. Right. Thousandaires in our definition for it is just the ability to make at least one hundred thousand dollars a year. We want everyone to get to that level and you can get there through a number of educational things. I mentioned one of them. One of our partners has a training program. No college education required to guarantee you three month training program. They're going to guarantee you one hundred thousand dollar uh, a year salary, which, you know, and, 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 and there's no, there's no limit on that. Right. Yeah. So basically join the bank, right. That's level one, become a thousandaire. The reason why we want that to be is as a thousandaire, you're no longer living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Because if you're living, if your mentality is how am I going to eat next week? You can't make the sacrifices to build generational wealth. So we got to get you out of that. And we do that through financial literacy. We have a platform. When you sign up for the bank, we're going to give you free education to bring you there, to get you there. We're going to have programs in every NFL city that you can reach out to and attend our networking events, meet entrepreneurs, other influencers that are doing great things in the market, Pierre, people like yourself. When we come to the NFL city nearest you, you know, we'll, we'll have events, we'll have speakers things like that. We're just trying to get through COVID. We have a great partnership with someone in the NFL that's going to help us roll that financial initiative out. Mm -hmm. That's level one. Level two, we talked about it already. We talked about living the rent-free lifestyle. So important to do that. So at level two, your purpose is living the rent-free lifestyle. What we mean by that is making your first purchase a multifamily home you know, one to four units. We have a special loan program. If you're between the ages of 20 and 35, if you're looking to purchase a home and you make the multifamily the very first one, we have a special loan program to help you get into that 
and then replicate it on, right? But if you just get to level two, you're living better than 70% of Americans. At level three is where we really start to build the wealth. Hopefully you've already, you're already living the rent-free lifestyle, but at level three, the thing that you're gonna work on is bringing your personal credit score to 720 and locking it. The reason why we lock it is because your credit is your credibility and we don't want you to build debt under your personal credit. What we want you to do is build debt the safe way under your business credit. So we want you to set up an LLC and live exclusively through your LLC. What I mean by that is everything you do based on your talents, your business or whatever, pick a business that is aligned with your lifestyle. You can still have a job at level three, but you wanna pick a business that is aligned with your lifestyle. And if you do that, you live exclusively through your business. Everything you do becomes a tax write-off. Let's say you wanna take a vacation. Well, go to somewhere. Let's say your business is real estate. Go to somewhere and say, well, look, I'm taking a vacation to this place to look at real estate. It becomes a tax write-off. Let's say you take your wife out to a dinner on Friday night. Spend 15 minutes talking about the family business. You know what? That meal becomes a tax write-off. Everything you do becomes a tax write-off. If you have children, incorporate them into your business. Make them employees. Pay them something. What you pay them goes into a savings account. Everything you do becomes a tax write-off. If you do that, what happens is every LLC that you have, we can guarantee you at least $50,000 of business credit that is not tied to your personal credit profile. And we want you to use that $50,000 to prove the concept of your business. Go out, start a business. If you $50,000 is not enough for you to prove the concept of your business, you probably don't have the perfect business. So you work with it, right? Yeah. At level four, if you've proven the concept of your business and you have two years of tax returns, you've proven that your business has a revenue model, we can get you up to a million dollars in credit, a line of credit through your business, right? So in essence, at level four, the objective is to go out and get a million dollars in debt, either by buying income producing real estate that pays you to own it. And we talked about the definition of the asset and the liability. The idea is if you're if you're if you're not doing real estate, you're doing business, the idea is to use that million dollars to scale your business, right? So we know that you know most businesses, even if you have the greatest product in the world, you need money to scale your business. We help you with that. At level five, the million dollars in debt that you got into at level four, that converts to equity or valuation, right, if you're in business. So we have ways, and through our educational components, we show you how to take the income-producing assets that you have through forced appreciation and other ways. Basically, that's the level which you become a millionaire because your your, uh, assets minus your liabilities should be greater than a million dollars. So that is a key level. And at that level also, we have this angel syndicate fund, which we will invest in your business. If you have a growth business, we will invest in your business, bring you through the process through our other partners in Silicon Valley to to really help you grow and, and become a force in whatever industry that you're in, right? The final level, level six, is what we, we started this whole thing and this whole conversation, what, what it's about. What is it about? Generational wealth. At level six, you should have attained generational wealth. The wealth that you've created in five through one, that is 
we want to basically create systems to pass that on. So what do we do at the bank? We offer life insurance. We, you can go fill out an application at moneyav.com and, and apply for life insurance. We also have attorneys on staff, people that specialize in setting up a trust, the irrevocable trust, the vocable trust, the family trust, whatever it is, you can set up a trust to transfer this wealth that you've created to your heirs, to your children, to your estate, whatever, whatever you want to do, you can do this now while you're living. And, 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 and really, that's how you transfer wealth on. You put, you make this sacrifice today so that in tomorrow, that is going to be there. So this is the, the six levels that this bank is built on. Um, every, everyone should understand that there's a pathway to building wealth. We want to bring the masses along this pathway. And this is what we're going to do. We're not a transactional bank, right? We want to be with you for the life. And we talked about the generational accounts. Another thing is the generational accounts for the kids. You know, we want to start young, educate them, and allow them to become millionaires and build wealth and pass that wealth on to their children. That is the, I know it's a little long-winded, but the psychology of it is important to understand. No, man. And we, I, I thank you so much for sharing. I know people were trying to write furiously the notes from what you were sharing. They're going to go back and, and, and replay this again to get the insights. And I know you're definitely going to want to share this podcast with other, this podcast episode with, with other people. This is a section, man, that I call shameless plug time. And this is what people have been waiting for. Man, he's given us so much insight, so much inner information. He's given us a framework. He's told us our personal story. I need to make an appointment. I need to reach out. What are the, what are the social media handles? What's the URL? And where, where can we find you, follow up, and connect with you and, and your bank and the other projects that you're working on? Absolutely. So the most important thing, uh, and, and, and you should understand, I'm getting pulled in a million different directions, right? Right, right. But the most important thing is you have to understand that this pathway is built so that everyone can follow it. So what I want people to do is, number one, go to bankmoneyav.com, sign up. All you have to do is put your name, your email, and your phone number. That's it. It's as simple as that. There's no payment. There's no anything. All you have to do is set that up. Once you set that up, you'll be in the pipeline. And then you can, you know, our members, we're going to go hard for our members, right? Our, our people, we're going to, um, you through that, you'll be able to kind of set appointments um, with us, with me or other people in my staff. We have a website right now, which is Money Ave, which we've been operating all year. Um, but you can go there, you can call, you can ask whatever questions. Um, but if you want to reach me directly, granted, I am the CEO of the bank and uh, I try to be accessible, but I know sometimes that that <laughs> is tough to do, right? It's tough to talk to everyone. But I am on social media. You can follow me at A Donahue Baker on Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel of the same name, A Donahue Baker, in which I'll be providing more tips, more uh, insight into banking, um, more tools to use to improve your financial literacy. It's some, it's a passion. It's it's into my fiber. It's, it's what I really love doing. I love helping people. So if you also what I'm looking for are partners, literally, if you have a skill set that can help take our bank to the next level, you want to partner with us. Maybe you have a nonprofit that, um, you know, it, that focuses on financial literacy. We can give resources to your nonprofit 
to, to invest in that to help you uh, spread that message all over the country. We've partnered with a number of nonprofits to do just that. Um, right now, um, trying to reach out to LeBron James. He has a school uh, in, in Ohio. And uh, one of the things that we want to do is, is help young people. And through, through the different educational initiatives, we, we're definitely uh, reaching and, and making strides on that. So, um, so that being said, uh, definitely reach out if you, if you need us, Money Avenue, to help you to build wealth. And, uh, and, I, and as the CEO, the fact that people are listening to Pierre and, and taking his great advice and the platform that he's built. And, and uh, it, you know, as a, as a result of that, you know, reach out to me, mention Pierre, and, you know, I'll do whatever I can to, to help you and guide you along your way to build wealth. Man, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to put that in the show notes, all the links in the show notes so that you won't have any excuse. Mention when you reach out, mention that you you heard about this on the Leading Wild Green podcast and, and mention my name and they'll be sure to take care of you. Mr. Baker, A. Donahue Baker, modern day renaissance man. Your, 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 your hands are in a lot of different circles and you're doing them all extremely well. Grammy award winning Grammy nominated producer, I kind of forecast that you'll be award winning soon. <laughs> um, started started a bank, Inc. magazine, six fastest growing black companies, giving away tons of free information because you want to help others build generational wealth. I thank you so much for hanging out with us today on the Leading Well Green podcast. Thank you for having me and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll do it again soon. Great conversation with A. Donahue Baker about his mission to help entrepreneurs build generational wealth. Hopefully you took a lot of notes. Donahue gave us a mini masterclass. And if you didn't take notes, go back, listen to it again, glean all the insights and be sure to reach out and connect with Donahue. Check out what he's doing with Money Ave. Follow him on social. I found him on Clubhouse, and that's how we sparked up our conversation. So connect with him on Clubhouse as well as he continues to share insight there. Listen, we got all the links in the show notes. You're just one click away, so you don't have any excuse. Now, that's all I have for this episode of the Leading Wild Green podcast. You know it's my mission to help you live, learn, and lead with confidence. So until next time, take care, and God bless.